0: last week um we were in john chapter 14 and you remember there that jesus promised that he would send his spirit on his followers and that that we would be in him and he would be in us this week and next week we're looking at what that life looks like life lived in the power of the holy spirit what someone what someone's life will look like when the spirit of god is in them and active. And this week we'll be seeing that the key thing is that it will be a life of fruitfulness, uh, bearing the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, that kind of thing. Over the last few weeks, the Connor family has been feasting on the fruits of our vegetable garden. This year, our bumper crops are lettuce and spinach. So every day for lunch, I've been having lettuce with Rosie's honey mustard dressing on it. And this morning, I awoke to Jill had cooked me some spinach on toast with tomato. Last year, our bumper crop was beans. Um, We had beans every day for weeks. (laughs) It's a great feeling walking among your veggie garden or your fruit trees if you've got them, or your crop if you're a farmer, and seeing fruitful plants. You put in all that work, and there's actually a crop at the end of it. So it's equally disappointing, isn't it, or perhaps more disappointing, when a crop fails. Last year we planted strawberries because uh, we all love strawberries so we were looking um, forward to having our own strawberries. We watered them, we fertilized them, we weeded them, we cared for them, we waited eagerly but no fruit, not one strawberry. Well Jill says there was uh, one or two but they got eaten by slugs before we picked them. Today's passage is all about bearing fruit. See God delights when our lives produce fruit God loves to see love and joy and peace and patience and kindness in our lives and equally he's disappointed when he doesn't John 15 is all about producing fruit not just for fruit's sake but for our heavenly father to enjoy turn with me to John chapter 15 and verse 1 Jesus says I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Notice in this little picture here, uh, Jesus is not just the vine in verse 1, he's the true vine. Now, that little word true, we skim over it, but it's actually very important because God has already had another vine. God wrote a story long ago in Isaiah chapter 5 about a vine that was very much like our dud, strawberry vine. It wasn't the true vine. Uh, You can find it in Isaiah 5. You might want to look it up later. It goes like this. God has a vineyard. His vineyard is Israel and God plants them in fertile, fertile soil and he digs them up. He plants the best vines. He says he dug a pit ready to press the grapes in when they were ripe and he waited for the fruit to come. So imagine how disappointed God was when his people produced bad fruit. Isaiah 5 verse 4 says, What more could I have done for my vineyard than I've done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad fruit? The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are the delight of his garden. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed. He looked for righteousness, but he heard cries of distress. See, God has had a bad vine. And now in John 15, God has plans to start a new vine, a vine that will bear good fruit, a true vine. God is starting all over again with Jesus. And he's starting all over again because he knows that we can't make good fruit on our own. If we try on our own, we'll produce bad fruit. That's what we're like. But if we're connected to Jesus, if we start to grow properly, we can start to produce good fruit. And that's what this chapter is about. God will help us to produce good fruit. Let's look at verse 1 again. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. See, we're the branches and God prunes both branches, the branches that do produce fruit and the branches that don't. When we were growing up uh, in Griffith, Yender actually, the next door neighbor was, was a grape farmer, an Italian fellow, and all his grape, fa- grape what are they called grapevines were out our back window. And every year, he would come along with his pneumatic pruners on the back of the tractor and he'd cut back all the vines. And it works something like this. A a one-year-old vine on a two-year-old stalk or a two-year-old vine on a one-year-old stalk is the only vine that produces grapes. I don't know how it works. The bottom line is, if you want a good crop, you need to cut off all the branches that won't bear fruit. Because all they do is grow scraggly and, and take up the sun. You need to Cut off every branch that won't bear fruit and you need to prune the branches that will bear fruit. Now God cares for his vine and so he prunes it. He takes away those things in our lives that stop us being fruitful. He gets rid of them to help us bear fruit. And he does it because he cares for his vine, because he wants us to keep bearing fruit. And the only way that we can keep bearing fruit as well as him pruning us, verse 4, is that we remain in Jesus. Verse 4, "'Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If anyone remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit.'" apart from me, you can do nothing. We have a jasmine vine right next to the front door and Jill, a lady after early church said we should throw it out because the roots are bad. But anyway, this jasmine vine, it is growing wonderfully and so wonderfully, in fact, that last year it's grown right up over the, over the front of the door, up into the roof guttering and started going up the roof. Now, I could have grabbed a ladder and got up on the roof and pulled out all the vine out of the guttering, but I did it the lazy way. I just cut the bit of vine that was going up to the roof and a few weeks later, the whole branch died. One chop, the whole thing's dead. Now, it's the same with us. If we are cut off from Jesus, we will slowly but surely wither up and die. If you want to bear fruit, you need to remain in Jesus. Jesus doesn't want just a one-off meeting with us, a chance encounter. He wants a life of fruit bearing and that's what this whole chapter is about remaining in jesus so that we can bear fruit verse 7 if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be given you that's an interesting verse isn't it if you could ask god for anything at all what would it be what is it that you most want in life? Because John fifteen seven is saying that you can have whatever you ask for, but there's some conditions attached because God only wants to do what's best for us. Okay? You can have whatever you ask for, but look at verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, well then ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. We all know how if works, don't we, you know? If you eat your vegetables, you can have ice cream. Or if Australia beat India in the next game, they'll get into the finals. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. The key to having your prayer answered is that you need to remain in Jesus and have his words remain in you. Now, it's not that if we're remaining in Jesus and his word is in us, we will magically have some power that means all our prayers will be answered. It's because if we're remaining in Jesus and his word is in us, we will be praying the kinds of prayers that God will not be able to say no to. We'll be praying... For exactly what the father wants we'll be praying for lives that bear fruit and that bring the father glory that's why he'll answer every one of our prayers in fact that is assumed in the very next verse verse 8 listen as i read them both if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be given you this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples See, verse 8 assumes that we will be praying for the very things that bring God glory. And when God answers our prayers, we'll start bearing fruit and bring him glory. See how it works? Remain in Jesus, and then when you ask what you want, the Father will say yes to your prayers, and you will bear fruit and bring him glory. So if you want your prayers answered, Stop praying for your own comfort. Stop praying for your own health or wealth. Start praying for things on God's agenda. If you truly remain in Jesus, your greatest desire will be to bring your father glory and he will be just busting to answer your prayers. Now, the last few verses of, um, of this section go on to describe exactly what kind of fruit Jesus is talking about here. Look at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. See the fruit? that jesus is talking about is love back in isaiah the bad fruit was lack of love the bad fruit was violence and injustice but god wants us to be full of good fruit love verse 17 this is my command love each other now that's exactly what jesus has been on about in john in chapter 13 he showed them his love he washed his disciples feet and then he promised that he would love them to the end to his death when he died for them in chapter 14 he promised to be with them by his spirit and now he gives them the mission love each other now it's it's surprisingly inward looking isn't it it's not about go and love people outside the church it's about love one another love each other now i think the outward part of it is what we saw last week by this Will all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another? But it has to start here. Jesus has loved us and now he wants us to love each other. Love each other. Now what does that love look like? We just need to look at Jesus, don't we? Who gave his life for us. He did everything that he could to help us to get to know the father and then he did everything that he could to make sure that his disciples would remain in him and so our our love needs to be shaped by that doesn't it by helping each other get to know the father better and by helping each other remain in jesus so yes we will love each other in all sorts of practical ways but we will be praying for each other as well and we'll be getting involved with each other. We'll turn up to church for each other. On any one Sunday, on average, we have about one-third of our church family not here. That's not loving. You can't encourage people to follow Jesus if you're at home. If you're committed to the vine, to Jesus, Jesus wants you to show your commitment to us, to each other, to him jesus wants us to love each other now sadly the reality is for so many christians that whole life described in john 15 doesn't describe their life their life isn't a fruitful life rather than remain fixed in jesus they drift and because they lose connection with jesus their life is fruitless And rather than be preoccupied with the Father's glory, they're preoccupied with themselves and their own comfort. And let's look over the chapter again. So verse 1, when the Father prunes them, and he will, it's painful. Because all the things in their life that are stopping them from bearing fruit, they don't want to let go of them. Their overcommitment to their work, their sin, their comfort, they don't want those things taken away, and so the pruning is painful. And so they get confused or angry. Why me, Lord? Why have you taken away my health? Why didn't I get that promotion? Why are you doing this to me? And they complain and grumble about the Father's loving pruning. And because they're not remaining in Jesus, verse 5, they're not bearing fruit. They might be trying to bring forth some fruit, but it doesn't work. They try to love others, but it's frustrating, it's too hard, they get tired they wither because they're not getting their strength from Jesus and they feel guilty because their Christian life is a failure. And verse 7, they don't receive the things they ask for because they're asking for the wrong things and they're asking with the wrong motives. God's words not remaining in them. They don't read the Bible much. When they do, it's hurried. So they don't really know what God's priorities are. Instead of asking for God's glory, they pray for themselves. They pray for a good house or a nice job. And God hears their prayers and thinks, why on earth are they praying for this? How can I say yes to this? His idol is money and he's asking me for more? I want her to stay home and be a mum and she's praying for a job. He's asking for a promotion and already... He doesn't spend enough time with his family. I sent this sickness along to strengthen her faith and she's asking me to be healed. See, we're not even on the same page. And because the word of God is not dwelling in them, they find it hard to obey God. They don't see how it all fits together and obedience becomes a burden. Obedience becomes following a bunch of rules rather than living a life that's pleasing to their father it's oppressive no wonder their christian life's not a joy anymore verse 11 they have cut out the things from their life the very things that god has designed to bring them joy and verse 13 instead of seeing things as an opportunity to serve each other to advance the kingdom of god to serve jesus who gave his life for us serving other people becomes a chore another job for another organization in an already too busy week it's a burden in fact verse 15 they feel more like god's slaves than god's friends see the drifting life what a terrible life to have That is not the life that God wants for us. Now, sadly, there's lots of Christians who live like that. And it's sad because that's not the life that God wants us to have. But some people are choosing that life. Jesus gives us the very strong warning in verse 6. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. Jesus is actually calling us to something much better than this. Jesus is calling us to a life that is connected to him, where we remain in him, where constantly we come to our Father in prayer and he listens to us and his word is in us and we meditate on it and we memorise it, and we pray about it. And when we are remaining in Jesus like that, well, life will be totally different. Because verse 1, we will gladly welcome the Father's pruning. We will ask him to take away anything from our life that is hindering us. We will welcome his tender pruning. And our lives will produce lots of fruit. We'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We'll hang in there patiently with each other and with our families. We'll forgive each other. We'll be bearing fruit and we won't be able to stop it. And if we remain in Jesus, verse 7, all our prayers will be answered because we will pray the kinds of prayers that God just can't help answering. We'll stop praying about our own comfort and we will start praying things like, May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this phrase will be in all of our prayers Father, if it's your will, not my will, but yours. And our life will bring great glory to the Father. He will look down and he will delight to see us bearing fruit. We'll be overflowing with joy. Verse 11, our joy will be complete. Knowing God's love, seeing our fruitfulness, being part of the vine, those things will bring us joy. That is what will happen if we remain in Jesus and that is the life that Jesus is calling us to. Now, if that's you, good on you, it's good, isn't it? Jesus is is encouraging you here this morning, keep going. Remain in him. Keep on loving other people. And if that's not you, if you're here today and you're feeling more withered up or drifting or not connected to Jesus, maybe it's time for a fresh start. To turn over a new leaf. But where do you start? Well, the lesson in John 15 is that you start with Jesus. You come to Jesus who gave his life for you. In fact, maybe for some of you, the most loving thing that you could do for the rest of this church family is to go home and start reading your Bible and having regular times of prayer so that you have something to offer people. Because if you're really connected to Jesus, you'll bear fruit. And if you're not connected to Jesus, you can't bear fruit. He's the true vine. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are actually a loving gardener. And you want us to bear fruit. And Father, thank you that Jesus died to wash us clean so that we can be in relationship with you. And Father, thank you that the life that you actually want for us is the best life. It's the life that brings us the most joy. And so, Father, we pray that um, we might welcome your pruning when it comes. We pray that we might all the time be soaked in your word and coming to you in prayer and coming back to jesus who give us gives us that life-giving water father we pray that your spirit might be overflowing in our lives bringing forth the fruit of love and joy and kindness and father for um, people in our church family who we dearly love but yet who find it a real struggle in their relationship with you. Father, we pray that they might plan to have regular times of prayer and be in your word and let you speak to them and let you heal them and let you minister to them. Father, we pray that they might remain connected to you. Father, we pray for Morning Church, that we would be a church family that is Because we're remaining in Jesus, we're bearing fruit and that we would show ourselves to be your disciples. And Father, we pray these things for your glory and that your will might be done in our lives. Amen.